Hey, how's it going? Hey. How's everything? Good. Can you guys hear me okay? I was muted. I forgot I was muted. So I was talking for like two minutes there. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I think I'm yelling. My yeah. neighbors are going to start yelling at me in a minute. I am so excited. Are you guys? We were just trying to. Go are you guys able to hear me okay? Sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. We, we are brand new to this. Like, it, it happens every time. And you can just. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. I know. We're, we're, we're in very green with this, but Matt, we are just so excited to have you tonight. Crazy um, enough, I don't think I've ever done an Instagram live before, so it's kind of a... I've oh, welcome, welcome. Yeah, we've done Facebook lives before, but I've never, never done an IG before, so... Well, awesome. No, but thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah sure. get, get ready to, like, have an incredible night with this Instagram live, man. <laughs> you, you would have no idea, man. Yeah. Um, so first of all, uh, we're going to get into everything that you are, your band and all of that. Um, if you're just joining us, thank you. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your grandmother, tell your everybody that we are talking with Mad Damar from Divide the Fall. Like, this is our shot, Matt. Like, you have no idea. Like, you're, you're, hum you're humbling us because this is like a big fish catch because this is kind of like a meat cute because uh, I saw you guys back in uh, February, no, I'm sorry, April when you guys were playing in Columbus yeah. and I shot my shot. You guys were incredible. I've seen you guys before because I'm a huge Cole fan and we're going to get into the tour, 54 city tour. You guys just came up. Like, I think you guys are just shy of two months of being off the tour. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been kind of a, kind of a crazy adjustment period to like being home again, but, um, we just, yeah, now, kind of, uh, what was life kind of, on the road? What was that like? What's that like life on the road? Cause all of us are pretty much homebodies here. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. I mean, like it was definitely the longest tour we've done, like as a band so far, uh, like every tour we had done prior was always like maybe a month of the longest, like, um, I want to say the last time we went out was cold. We only did like half of the tour, like one leg of the tour. So I think it was uh, maybe for like 20 shows. And then uh, we've we've toured with a band called Star Set too. We did that last summer. I think that was about the same amount of shows also. Um, so uh, yeah, um, I kept in touch with Scooter from Cold um, over the years, or I guess like the last year and a half. And uh, I designed some, like, band merch for them for their last tours. Not the tour that we were on, uh, but it was I think it was called the Black Sunday Tour. Um, and uh, so I designed some merch for them. And then uh, so when the year of the Spider Anniversary Tour was, like, being talked about, um, he hit me up for making, like, the tour ad mat and uh, for making, like, their shirt designs for that tour. And uh, he was like, hey, by the way, like, what are you guys doing in the spring? And I was like, well, I mean, at that point, we didn't have any plans or anything. So um, it was really cool for them to, like, keep us in mind like that, to be able to go out with them again. I mean, they're, they're such a great group of people, too. I mean, uh, it, it I actually cool. have a question because yeah. um, I got to see you in Columbus and then I saw you guys in Cleveland. Um, yeah. was the last show of the tour. I, we got to get into the funny story how we actually hooked up because I literally ran into the VIP line like, because it was so embarrassing. But we'll get into that in a second because okay. you have no idea. I fucking embarrassed myself so much in front of Ethan and everybody. I was, you have no idea. But we'll get to that because we want to actually hear more about you because uh, we're kind of a hodgepodge here. We're getting together. We're mixing some mediums here because yeah. uh, Andy and I, we tend to do a poetry forward podcast, but it's not just poetry. We're artists. We're creators. We're all, you know, what really drew us to you or you to us is on the, in Columbus, I believe it was Ethan that talked about how you guys are not on a label. You are a DIY. What you do is what you do. You put it all together. You tour. Everything is your own blood, sweat, and tears, which yeah. is kind of like us artists here. So talk about that lifestyle because you all had jobs. We have jobs. Like, we're all artists. That's why I'm so excited to have you on our fucking show. Like, yeah. you're legitimizing this community, community cross, you know, breeding situation. Crossover. Yeah. 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 So, so I'll, like, I'll kind of like touch back to like the previous comment you made where you're like, oh, this is a really big deal for us or whatever. But I'll be honest, like we're not that big of a band yet. You know, like we're fortunately not that we got a 54 city tour. Yeah. First of all, you went on a 54 city tour with Cold, who like that was my legit fucking band, man. Like I would go yeah. travel yeah. to see them. 
Um, so that was a good, I want to talk about the, like the pranks you guys were doing throughout the sets. Like that yeah. was hilarious. I want to go. Into I was going to apologize for that too. Cause when you came to Cleveland, I was like, so the last tour that we did with them, we, like I said, we only did like uh, half of the tour. So we didn't really get to do like a cool, like end of tour prank or anything. And so I was like, yo, since we're on this whole tour with them, like we have to do something to like, you know, we have to do some sort of like end of tour prank. And we were like the direct support band. So I felt like if anybody was going to do a prank on them, it had to be us, you know? Um, Cause I, I loved always seeing like bands do that. Like I uh, grew up listening to like a lot of Seether and like three days great mm -hmm. oh, yeah. or breaking Benjamin too. Like those bands mm -hmm. just always like do pranks on each other like when they would tour together. So I was just loved seeing that. And I was just like, what's something that we can do that's just kind of fun. And I was a little bit worried. Like I was afraid that like maybe some of them might get mad, but I think like at, by that point, like, you know, everybody's like knows each other well enough and they know it's like all in fun, you know? So, um, but yeah, I don't know. So I, I wanted to apologize for, to you. Cause like, I, I know you were, when you first got to the show, I was like, kind of right in the middle of like trying to orchestrate all of those like pranks like going on that night so um but yeah it was it was fun though i mean it was uh, everybody oh my gosh laugh, so. first of all i know better because i do have siblings in the music industry i mean they're they're legit band there's bella there's syndicate my uh, half brother his name is william faith and he's he played for christian death a little bit he he's he's legit musician you guys are legit musicians too but so I know better than to show up on the last day of a tour. Also, what was really funny, Matt, is you had me in such a fucking crazy headspace because on the way to see you, I was actually 20 minutes earlier. And sorry, everybody, this is actually really fucking funny. So we're going to get into real shit about Matt and his band and what you really came to see and hear about. But this is kind of fucking funny because, Andy, you remember this. On the way to see you guys on the corner was Habitat for Humanity. Oh, set okay. up, and, I was just, and I was just like, can talk to them this is gonna be so great and they're like oh somebody's happy for once hey what's going on and i'm like oh my god i'm about to go blah blah because i'm a fucking nutbag i'm sorry matt but um i'm living the dream here at 41 years old um right andy and so they legit we filmed them on the podcast and then you could really see the difference between who a professional is and what an amateur sounds like because i started showing this video to my students and i'm like hey, will you guys be my podcast and they said oh yeah of course so then I'm like already giddy and I was talking to the guy, but I was supposed to see you because you're going to be going on set and I got, I'll yeah. get to the point. I'll get to the point, but I'm like, I'm running to see you and the guy's like running with me because it was like, we're trying to get charity on board. You know, I was all about it. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is Habitat for Humanity. If they're pissed about this, then fuck them because it's charity, you know? So I do talk oh, for another shit. second. So that's why I was a little bit fucking late. And then I was like, so don't fucking apologize to me, man. I was a little bit late. Yeah. And I saw Ethan, I was already like turned around, I'll giddy. I'm like, I've been to the House of Blues so many fucking times and I've never been to the side stage. And so when he first directed me to that, I thought that was the VIP area to begin with. So I'm like, uh, Ethan, I'm a nobody. They're just not going to let me in there. And he's like, yeah, they will. So I go in and then guys, you know what? I finally fucking find you. And I literally run into the VIP row because I'm looking at you. It's waist high, Andy. And I'm like, dude. And then the security guy did not want me near you. Yeah, that so awesome. that was awesome. To that, to that, that point, um, if I remember correctly, there were like a few people that kind of had snuck back in that like uh, sectioned off area, mm -hmm. and uh, they were being kind of like belligerent. And so we had already had security like remove them from that area. So I think at that point when you were walking up, like yeah. they were already very like on top of it, like trying to make sure nobody else, because that is supposed to be like, that area is kind of supposed to be sectioned off for like the bands okay. and, and course, uh, poor staff or whatever. So, so you're a professional, you're artists, like I respect your space, which was, again, I didn't see the rope, which was yeah. the second time though, is at the end when I came to see you after Coldplay, the other guy was just like, let me walk right by there. Right. And I had the taste of both worlds. But I, I didn't take advantage of it because I was too already like fucked up. Oh, I just yeah, no, so, so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get, like, I'm trying to finish for the fish so I can ask some questions because you're like, <laughs> no, no, um, that's an interesting story, Angela. Thank you for sharing that. Um, 
So, man, I wanted to ask you, because, you know, I, one thing, I, I'm very into music. I love music. You're actually the second musician I had on here. The other musician I had, his name was Brandon White. And um, I, I asked him, and I want to ask you. So when it comes to, like, putting a band together and, okay, thinking about, okay, who are we going to choose? How does this work? What, you know, like, like how you sync, you know, go in sync with each other. Can you walk me through that process? How does that work? How does like how how do you guys get together when you create let's say okay like let's we're gonna we're gonna create this song so how how does that process look like to you guys yeah so, so um so our band formed so my other guitar player and I uh, so Jake um, he and I had a band actually in like high school started as a cover band and then we started like writing some original stuff and then eventually it kind of became like this original band uh it kind of fizzled out though i would say probably like early college years i would say like our maybe like our early 20s or something um i was the singer of that band i was the lead singer of that band um and then so i don't know a couple of years went by and i kind of started to get the itch again where i was like you know really like kind of have like a different idea for a, a type of band that I would want to start. And uh, that's kind of when the idea for this band started. Um, but I was like, you know, I don't really want to be the singer anymore. I'd rather find like a, you know, a handsome dude that also has a much better voice than I do. I, I have like a, I would say like a decent singing voice, but like, you know, I wasn't, I don't think I was lead singer material. And I was like, I would just rather have like i'd rather take the back seat and just do like harmonies or like you know backing vocals where they're needed so at the time i was the bass player because we did have a another guitar player as a another friend of ours whose name is also matt uh uh he was our rhythm guitar player when the band was kind of first forming um so it was a five piece originally but then um you know uh, his life kind of ended up going in a little bit of a different direction. And, and so then we just kind of continued on as like a, a four piece with me playing bass. Uh, fast forward, you know, uh, what, April of last year, I want to say, is when I switched to playing guitar. I've always had a hand in writing like our guitar parts. I, I actually, along with Ethan, write a lot of the lyrics as well. Um, so I guess that kind of dives into like the poetry aspect of your guys' like podcast. But um, so I guess that was where like the change to playing guitar uh, from bass kind of came from. I just kind of always felt like we were looking for, for a while, we had like tried out different people to play guitar for our band. And it was just like, it just never felt right. Cause it was like, well, I can I think I kind of always knew like in the back of my mind, like that's probably supposed to be me, you know? And uh so yeah, then we've, so I switched to guitar and we just have never really uh, found a replacement bass player. Um, we just kind of currently use like backing tracks for bass, which is, you know, not the best thing, but you know, we're also a smaller touring band. So it's what we need to do to get by, I guess, right now. So, but I'm um, sorry, it was a bit of a tangent. I don't know if I answered this. No, no, it's all good. It's okay, no, it's man. All I got good. yelled at. Yeah. From being from the Midwest, because you guys are originally, uh, you guys are all from Minneapolis, Minnesota? Yeah, yep. So, um, again, being a self-starter, a homegrown, DIY person who has a day job, can you talk your day-to-day -to -day tour art practice balance? Like, how do you get the art in having a life? Yeah, I mean, it's really tough, um, I'd say. So, like just within the last like couple of weeks we have started to get together now ethan jake and myself uh to start working on like some new stuff uh, we've had a bunch of demo ideas that have been sitting around for a while but we really focused on the touring thing for a lot of time like our last like actual ep came out in 2020 and it was during you know the pandemic so we couldn't really tour or anything that was actually like that first cold tour we went on was like kind of pending at that point because it kept getting like postponed. Oh, we're going to announce it. Oh, wait, it's getting postponed again. And, you know, that's not their fault. It was just kind of the nature of where the world was at at that point. But uh, we eventually just decided to release that EP. It was called Dead Memories. And then uh, after we released it, it was like, well, now the touring world opened back up, you know, in uh, end of 2021, kind of, you know, with some limitations. 
And uh, so we just kind of hit the ground running again and have just been playing shows and not really focusing so much on like the writing aspect of it. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of been like this summer, even though it's, it's really hard, I feel like for me personally, like to not play shows because I love doing that so much. And I also like book a lot of our shows. So it's like, if we're not playing, I feel like we're not doing anything. It's like, it feels mm. like I get so restless so quickly. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I know it's going to be worth it when we don't play all these shit. Like we're taking this time off to like actually focus on the music part of it. And then, you know, the songs will hopefully be great and then it'll be worth the wait, you know, and then we'll have new material to, to push out there and market and try to tour, you know, in support of or whatever. So, um, it is hard though. We all work regular day jobs. Um, you know, so getting together is kind of like a balance, you know, it's like whenever we have the time to be able to do that. Um, you know, it also helps that like, we've also, um, started actually like co-writing with people. So like, um, one of the songs that we're going to probably be releasing first out of the batch that we've been working on, uh, we co-wrote with, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the band Varsity, um, mm -hmm. we co-wrote it with Joey, who's their singer. Um, he's a great dude, a good, uh, good friend of mine now too. Um, he's a great songwriter. Um, we were stuck on this song for months and then we sent it to him and he had like a hook that he sent us back in like, you know, a day or two. And it was just like, oh yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's it. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Man, um, it looks like there's definitely people wanting new music. Yeah. Out, and I they, yeah. And there is a question on here. Yeah. The two questions. So what, yeah. One was when, when is new music coming out? But also, um, there was another per day they asked, Hey Matt, what, tunings do you guys typically use was a question on in the oh. comments oh, oh yeah uh guitar tuning so main one is drop a tuning so it's like if you're tuned in drop d like standard drop d tuning but like i think it's two full steps down so like a full step down would be drop c then another full step down would be drop a so it's kind of like uh uh we call it like corn corn tuning or deftones mm -hmm. like they tune pretty low it's like kind of meant for like a seven string guitar but we play baritone scale length six string guitars so uh basically they're a longer 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 neck longer scale length from the like from the bridge to the nut uh so basically it gives the string more tension uh, but it's not so floppy when you tune so low. I don't know. It's kind of a weird, weird thing. Right, right, right. I love so, this. I love no, but this. I always find the, <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna, I, I always find that very fascinating as far as like getting together and coming up with a riff, coming up with the drum track, coming up with all that. Like, can you give me an example of like how long would one song, let's say, take? And how does that process look like? You know, sometimes it's like really quick. Like it can be something that we like i can think of this we have this acoustic song that like it seems like a lot of people who have been fans of ours from kind of like the very early days like really always love this song it's a song called city lights it's just like a i don't know it's like an acoustic thing that ethan and i wrote in like 10 minutes he already had the lyrics written for it that he had this idea for prior to me bringing the guitar idea to him we were just screwing around waiting for Jake to show up so that we could work on whatever, you know, heavy songs we were going to be working on that day. And I was like, oh, I had this acoustic guitar and I started playing this like chord progression and it just, he already had the vocal melody and it just kind of fell into place in like, like I said, like 10 minutes. So that's, that was like probably the quickest song we've ever written. Um, we never play it live though, because it's acoustic and it's just tough mm. to make. Okay, and then... Oh, wait, hold on, and I gotta cut you off because um, Cold um, and their uh, set, they had brought out kind of a chill, cool piano version on one of yeah. their tours. Um, are you guys ever interested in doing a, 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 like a acoustic tour? I believe um, a lot of bands do yes. acoustic Foo Fighters did and... one also, actually. Um, like they, they have their album, In Your Honor, one, they, they have a two-CD set. One of them, the first CD is just rock, and the second CD is straight-up acoustic. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, 
I haven't actually listened to the new Foo Fighters. I've listened to like whatever the whatever the single was that they put out. But I yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I would. I mean, to answer your question, like I would totally be down to do an acoustic tour. We did actually like while we were on the Year of the Spider tour, we did release like an acoustic EP. Um, it's called Strip Sessions. We called it Volume. Yeah. We called it Volume One because it's. Uh, We'll probably do more in the future, like if we, you know, when we release more like heavy or electric versions of songs, we'll probably mm. do yeah. more. I want to talk about that real yeah. quick, because Andy, um, it's and Matt, I'm, we're obviously directing this question to you, but Andy, to hear kind of, you know, your plugged in electrical version and then listening to your strip session, they're pretty incredible and they, they do give off a different kind of feel to that. When you guys kind of went to that mode, how did you, how were you able to tweak it so it kind of felt that way? Because it does give a very soft but still strong presence. Yeah, I mean, like, I would like say, like, to, yeah, to, to a certain extent, like, some of the songs are kind of, you know, written on acoustic uh, to, an, to an extent. I mean, like, it might be something where, you know, like, I live in a townhouse, so I can't you know, turn on like a, I can't plug in like a 100 watt amp, you know, or I can't be playing like a loud guitar all the time. So, you know, a lot of times I'll just be jamming something acoustic or the idea of the song might start with, you know, Ethan has a melody. Honestly, this has actually been kind of a really beneficial thing for us. I, I call it writing backwards because, uh, a lot of times you hear bands writing like the music first and then trying to write the words to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, mm. A lot of our, a lot of our songs, I've uh, like especially like songs like "Without You" or like "Bring You Down," "Fake Love," even. Mm -hmm. uh, all songs were like the, the chorus melody was written first. Like, uh, you know, either Ethan or myself had like the vocal melody, uh, like in our mind first and then we were just strumming chords to that and then the rest of the song is just kind of written around it um you know it's it's actually probably more seldom that we write like riffs first and then try to write a song around it like we have we have so many like really cool riffs like so so many like catalogs of, of really cool riffs but it's like it's almost harder to write words to something rather than having the words first and then trying to put the riff to it, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's just our kind of our how what's worked for us, I guess. So yeah. So, so other than other than no, no, my bad. Last question. Last question, Andy. Then I'll give it to you. So here's what because this kind of kind of popped in my head with with what you were saying, Matt. Other than like bands that you grew up listening to or bands that you respect now, and I, there are a couple of questions in the chat that I want to get to as well, but um, what other inspirations do you and your band members have other than musical like inspirations? How do you guys get the content for some of your music? Yeah, I mean, I, I know like, I guess I could probably speak for the other three that they are very into, like different like video games, uh, like very into like Zelda, or um i'm i'm sorry ethan's always talking about this one video game particularly that i can't remember at the moment but i i play video games also but mm -hmm. the ones that i play are really really basic and boring like i have been playing like gta 5 still and like madden like you know those oh, aren't yeah. really those aren't really That's like fine. those aren't really like fun games really I, I i wouldn't really consider those like what people are like wanting to play but i would say like that and you know a lot of like movies a lot of like book literature um like our song i won't fade away um i'm pretty sure it has a reference to like um i don't even know the author because i'm i wasn't the one who wrote it or didn't write those lyrics but it's like that uh don't go gentle into the until the good night i can't think of what the quote is or who the author is but uh we're a room full of writers. One of us will get it through. Yeah, I was gonna say, I would be surprised. I do know that. I do yeah. know, but I'm I'm like, I'm gonna fall on my face if I try to quote it. But yeah, do yeah. not go gently into that good night. Yeah, I do know the quote you're talking of. But oh god, I'm, oh, I, and I, uh, who just joined in? Who wrote? Who will not go gently into that great night? We need to know because I'm yeah. embarrassed to be a writer right now and not know who did that. Andy, 
I feel I feel bad that I don't remember it, but I, I could probably it. Google it. I could probably Google it, but oh gosh, uh, somebody else can Google it for us. I'm sure somebody <laughs> can give us who did that. So um <laughs> no, so the, I did get some questions. Um I don't know if I pressed it by accident. It says questions answered. I don't know if somebody already answered that question with um is playing the p guitar similar to playing the piano to you? And then um there's another questions that said what bands would you like to tour with in the future? And the other question was from Cass. It says, would you want to come back to Montreal anytime soon and finally try protein? It's Cass, by the way. <laughs> poutine? Yeah, I think she's not poutine. About yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Cassie, she's amazing. She's like our biggest, like, um, probably our biggest fan from Quebec. So um, she actually, on the cold tour, she drove, like, I want to say like six or seven hours from Montreal to like the closest show is Syracuse, New York. So crossing it wow. borders just to come see us play. But no, yeah, she's, she's Yeah. I'm on a one woman uh, drive. I, I just drove to Austin, Texas and back on my own. So I'm with you. Come on, Cass. Yeah. We'll drive to go see them all. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'd obviously love to come back to Montreal. It's tough to get to Canada because like a lot of the tours that we get on are not so keep in mind like when a smaller band like us gets on like bigger tours like this it's going to be routed to where those bands do the best you know where they have kind of like the biggest draw or like you know the cities where they're they want to play or where they're able to play um so like we're very fortunate that on the star set tour that was our first taste of getting to like play canada we played toronto and montreal Montreal was probably one of my favorite shows on that tour because, like, it was kind of like a little taste of France for just, like, a day, you know. It was, everything was in French. Um, the people were so nice. I felt so bad because none of us speak French in our band. I think Ethan can understand a little bit of it, just, like, very basic stuff. But it was, like, thank, thank you for bearing with us because, like, I, was, I even made the joke that, like, I'm going to have to, like, learn some French before we, like, come back. But yeah, and obviously we love poutine. We have a fair amount of, so I call Minnesota like pretty much like Southern Canada because it's like, I feel like of the U.S. states, we're probably the most Canadian. Everybody always makes fun of the way we talk because, you know, we're right under Canada and we have like the funny accent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have poutine here. It's pretty popular and it's nothing compared to like Canadian poutine, but um, obviously we love to try all the foods when we're, when we're in Canada, so. And then, Andy, okay, you, yeah. Andy, do you think Angela Murray has been to Minnesota? Um, the way you traveled, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you've been everywhere in the United States. Matt, on my, with my first husband, at our honeymoon, we visited his family up in uh, he's outside of Duluth, Michigan. I'm not, oh my god, uh, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. So we drove the whole time. I mean, it's beautiful. Minnesota is quite a beautiful Duluth. city. I've been to Minneapolis, yeah, I've been to the Mall of America. I mean, <laughs> brag about your state. This is your chance. Brag about Minnesota. So, funny enough, uh, I didn't mention this before. So, we all live around like the Twin Cities, Minnesota area. Three of the four of us are actually originally from Wisconsin. So I guess we're like faux faux Minnesotans, if you will. But um, you guys, yeah, so, you guys just blew my mind. I mean, how dare you guys say that you guys are from I Minnesota? Know. You're oh, not. Yeah. You're. I mean, the band oh is. Gosh. Yeah. Sorry, the band is. The band is based there. So I mean, and three of the four of us live there still. I I actually, I live just across the border in Wisconsin, so it's like western Wisconsin. I'm like thirty minutes, thirty forty five minutes from like Minneapolis, so, but. Uh, oh wait, big question yeah. then. Are you guys Vikings fans or are you guys Packers fans? Oh my gosh, <laughs> here we go. Well, that's, that's why I, I, it's always funny because people assume that we're Vikings fans because we say we're from Minnesota. We are technically the band is based in Minnesota, but like even where we rehearse is in Minnesota, but we are Packers fans. The, oh. the, three, the three of us that are from Wisconsin anyway. <laughs> Uh, how are you putting him on the Lies. spot like that? Like, wow. Our, our drummer, our drummer that is actually from Minnesota originally, he doesn't care about football. He's a baseball guy, so uh, he's a Twins fan. You'll see him wearing Twins. We joke that he looks like a Twins manager. 
Like, because he always wears like the. <laughs> Love that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So a lot of times he'll talk about like baseball stats, and I don't really know what he's talking about because I I was into baseball for a very short period when I was younger, but I didn't really. Guardians now. We're the guardians here. Yeah. I uh, I lived in Texas for a bit when I was a kid, so I went to like a few Rangers games. I always remember like I remember when A Rod first traded to like the Yankees, and I went to the game where he first returned to like Dallas to play against the Rangers, and there were people like throwing beer at him like from the stands and stuff. That was insane, but um, yeah. But I mean, I I. I've had Jack explain like the rules of baseball to me like multiple times, and I still I don't understand it. I know you're wearing like an Angels hat, so you're probably like, <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, no, you're the second person. No, so okay, I have hats. I just wear hats because I like the way they look, and then because oh, yeah. my name is Andy, that's the reason why I have they have the Oakland A's. Oh. But funny, I also have a, a Minnesota hat that has the letter M on it, but then I also have a uh, Milwaukee Brewers, I have a Chicago White Sox, and I have a Yankee and Mets hat, which my sister's like, how dare you wear a Mets hat in this family? I'm like, <laughs> I just like the way the hat looks. Leave, leave it alone. Like, yeah. I'll watch a good baseball game, but like you said, like, don't, I don't know nothing about stats or anything like that, even though I did used to work at Yankee Stadium years ago, and I actually was working that day that um, Derek Jeter retired. Like, I'll never oh. forget that because I did not leave out of that stadium until 3 in the damn morning. That's how insane that was. Yeah. Uh, I bet. Yeah, that would be insane. I was like, wow. And it, it was so sold out. I was like, yo, it was like, I, I don't know how to compare this to, but I felt like I was watching one of those, I guess, soccer games from, like, Argentina or something, because that's how rowdy and crazy it was yeah, that day that Derry Jeter was they're like retiring. Five, yeah. Well, I'm probably not for like a retirement. Never mind. <laughs> they, like, you know, they win like the World Series or whatever. There's like still the still like riots and stuff. But oh my goodness! But yeah. So, um, if you're just joining us, we are talking baseball, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. We are talking with Matt Demar from Defy the Fall. Um, we still have a couple of questions, but um, one question was, uh, what possible bands would you like to tour with in the future? But I have a side question with that. How did you and Cold really hook up? Because, again, I, I enjoyed watching the prank camaraderie. I mean, I thought it made the, the show really enjoyable to watch as a fan as well. Yeah. Um, so what are some bands you'd like to tour with or you're going to be touring with? And then also, how did this whole Cold situation happen? Yeah. So at the moment, we I, I'm kind of sad to say we don't have any, like, definite tour plans, like, for, I, like, we have a couple of, like, you know, smaller, like, one-off shows that we're doing around, like, the Midwest, I guess I would say, like, a, a, quite a few of them are in Minnesota, and then we have, like, one in Wisconsin, but, uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, as far as, like, bands that we'd love to tour with, I mean, it would be... I think a dream come true for all of us if we ever had the chance to tour with Breaking Ben. I mean, that's kind of like one of the bands that we all really have loved and, and looked up to and, uh, you know, been grateful to like get to meet some of them. Um, and, you know, they're just super genuine and cool dudes. Um, our band actually kind of like co-wrote, so without you, uh, during COVID, we were kind of starting to work on that song. And this is when, like, Breaking Ben wasn't touring. Nobody was touring. And uh, so we actually, like, talked a bit with uh, Jason Rao, who's Breaking Ben's guitar player. Um, and he gave us some pointers on what we could do with the song and, like, kind of, uh, I guess, uh, helped us co-write it a little bit. Like, um, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, he was a super cool dude to us. And we actually, like, got to meet him and, like, hang out with him in person. So, um yeah, he's just one of the coolest dudes, but, um, so yeah, I feel like that band kind of comes to mind first for me, um, Breaking Ben, and then I would say, I mean, A Day to Remember would be kind of, like, mm. very, like okay, my cousin band. got me into that, actually, A Day to Remember, oh my god, wow. Yeah, I feel like that was, like, Ethan's, like, Ethan's first band that he got into, like, introduced to, like, this, uh, 
niche of music, if you will, like kind of like the more metalcore uh, heavy side of music, I guess. So I feel like that that band uh, would be really cool. Um, I Prevail has always been a big influence for us too. Um, I feel like that would be pretty insane. Uh, those are all pretty huge bands though. So I mean, like, I would say kind of maybe a bit on like the the lower end spectrum or like smaller, <laughs> not lower end, but like smaller scale, I would say like, you know, it'd be really cool to tour with like bands like uh, 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 Varsity or uh, Outline and Color. Those are a couple bands that I really like have fallen in love with. Uh, we're good friends with a band called Archers also, uh, great dudes. I'd love to tour with them again. We toured with them actually like two weeks before the pandemic shut everything down. So we did like a short Whoa. weekend run and then they're kind of popping off now. Like they have a, a bunch of cool uh, tours coming up and and uh, some cool opportunities coming their way. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, there was another part to that question that I feel like I'm missing. Cold, how did the cold, um, how did you and cold hook up for the 54 city tour? And then I yeah. have a follow up question from our chat. So for the for the world for the uh, full U.S. tour that we just did, that mm -hmm. was, um, Scooter had reached out to me about doing some like graphic design stuff uh, for that, right. and then uh, um, that's kind of how the talk of us like being on the tour started. So um, yeah, uh, the first time we toured with them though was just specifically through like our agent. Uh, we have an agent that you know kind of helps with booking and stuff. So. When did you guys decide to get an agent? Um, I think like probably I think it was the end of 2019. Actually, it's kind of kind of funny because like we started working with them like pretty much uh, like yeah I want to say it was like November December 2019 because um, we had done like our own like smaller like DIY tours like booking it ourselves mm -hmm. or, or like going out on like a two week you know, tour with like another band that we're friends with where we, we call it show trading. So it's like, uh, we go to like three or four cities that they do really well in. And then we bring them to three or four cities that we do really well in. And so it's like, they'll headline theirs and we'll headline ours sort of thing. Um, so we've done that a couple of times. I think we are just kind of wanting to see like what we could do as far as like taking it to the next step. And I don't know, I feel like, it's not necessarily the uh, the move for everyone, but you know, it's just uh, something that's really worked well for us is like kind of working with uh, agents who can try to get us on some like bigger tours. That uh, tends to be uh, kind of what's been more beneficial for us. We're still kind of in the stage where we're trying to like grow our fan base and like become more well known, and so it's easier when you can get on a tour with a band like Cold or Star Set or something like that where the fan base is already kind of built in you know all you yeah. have to do is just like kill it and hope people love you you know so well you guys fucking killed it i mean i i'm at an age where i still like i that's the only thing i still do for myself is go to shows i love going to shows and just recently some of the openers really have caught my attention and i was very like taken away like again i saw you guys during the 20 city tour i'm pretty sure you guys must have came through Cleveland or Columbus or Cincinnati yeah. at that time because okay. Cole does that three three part tour the last time too because they hit the three major cities yeah. in Ohio and I hit the three I try to hit the three major shows at Ohio because that's the one thing I do is go see shows um there was a question in the chat um what's what's some of the what is one of the craziest things that's happened to you or on tour oh man there's so many <laughs> so many stories i don't know like it's hard to even remember them it's funny even on like that that most recent tour like people will ask about stuff that's happened and it's like it seems like a whole lifetime of events happened in one week i can't even remember sometimes i'll recollect and i'll, I'll think of something that happened at the beginning of the tour like on that cold tour for example i'll think of something that happened at the beginning of the tour and I didn't even realize that that was a part of the same tour because so much stuff happened within that like two and a half month period. But I don't know, one that I always like to joke about is like, I can't remember if we, I think we opened for Traps at one point. Um, 
and it was like a really like it was a kind of a smaller town show in uh, this bar in Wisconsin that we always play. Um, but uh, this, I, like, you'll have, like, sometimes fans, uh, certain fans don't always know, like, uh, how to respect, like, boundaries. So this lady, like, grabbed me and, like, kissed me on the cheek. And I was just kind of, like, I don't know, not something I really was, like, super cool with. But, you know, it's, like, it's one of those things I always joke with. And, like, the band likes to joke with me now that, like, the old, like, biker ladies are the one <laughs> we're bringing that, bring yeah. that hot, hot, hot um, to the stage yeah right that's thrown up there <laughs> no oh, god i don't know there's there's a lot of crazy stuff though i mean like even you know like talking about that the cold tour the year of the spider tour i mean so we had throughout the course of that tour we had uh awake for days like their bus broke down uh, they had to get a new vehicle, which took them like two weeks to do. So they missed a lot of shows. They were able to come back out on the tour with their new vehicle. Then something ended up happening with like between them and their manager. So then they ended up having to drop off the tour early, which is why they weren't in uh, Cleveland. They were there actually just to like hang out, which was it was really mm -hmm. cool to see them. Um, so, I mean, that happened with them. I think... Uh, uh, signal to noise like they also had like an issue where their bus broke down they had to get a new vehicle um we're very fortunate that like our vehicle never broke down but we had like a flat tire at one point super easy to fix um the thing that happened with us is that our other guitar player dick had like an infection in his leg uh for where we had to like miss a few days for the uh, tour because he was in the hospital and uh like, thankfully, we were able to still finish it. Uh, thankfully, he was okay, too. I mean, it was, like, it could have been, it could have ended up being something pretty serious had, like, he not acted as quickly as he did as far as, like, going into the hospital. Mm. Um, and then Cold had, like, their bus breakdown at one point. Uh, you wow. Know, it's, like, uh, I think that tour, like, I joked with Scooter that that tour was, like, cursed because, like, it just... It seemed like it was one thing after another for all of the band. Like stuff just kind of kept going wrong. So, but um, at the end of the day, it was like super fun. Like everybody was uh, amazing to like be around and and tour with. And like it was such a like family camaraderie between all of the bands. So that that really like uh, made things like super genuine and cool to be a part of. So I was gonna. Ask, how are you guys seeing the comments? I can't, I can't see that from my end here. Yeah, so the way Instagram has this laid out, it's like I have to kind of tap it, and then it's 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 oh, okay. insane. Um, I wish they should do a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I I wish I wish they would have a better way of doing comments, but you know, it is what it is. Um, there was another question though, and this is also by Cast, and they said. If someone wrote some lyrics and gave them to you, would you use them to make a song out of them? Uh, yeah, potentially. I don't know. It depends on if depends on if I feel that they can fit in a song. I don't know. Um, hey, poets, poets, we're out there. Yeah. The first. yeah we can submit, sure. our, submit our lyrics to uh, Matt right here. Divide underscore Matt. We got, we got you. We got you. Don't you worry. We got some poets out there. Although yeah. I think Cass is in the running for a song. I mean, I'm, I'm very particular, like me, me specifically, like I'm very particular, like, um, I feel like our, my other bandmates can probably attest mm -hmm. to this, that I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a bit hands-on when I, like, I'm maybe a little too hands-on when it comes to, like, how the song is formed or how it's written, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely open to working with co-writers, uh, it's definitely not something that i would be opposed to but yeah um yeah it really would depend so oh i know you're happy right angela you're high oh yeah you know the dream the dream is here i'm living the dream because again you're up yeah we're letting the thoughts out up, yeah <laughs> and it's the year the shots were fired and i'm just I'm taking it away uh, we do have another one what was your favorite city to play in um personal favorite city to play in um, on the most recent tour, or just in general? Um, just in general. Or both. I 
feel like Columbus, Ohio is always really cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's actually, like, I feel like for the Midwest, I feel like that's, like, a really cool, like, music city. So keep in mind, too, like, the couple of times we've played there have been, like, so we toured with Starset. That was their hometown show. And it was, uh, like, oh, yeah. It was like Kemba Live. It's like a, I want to say like a 2,500 cap room or something. It's just like massive. Mm-hmm. But, and it was like, a, I think a sold out show for them or something. But, um, so that was really cool. And then when we just played there with Cold, it was at Scully's, which is also like a very cool. That's, that's um, Columbus. Yeah. That's so Columbus. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> but um, Columbus is always cool. And then, um, Toronto too, like uh, Toronto and Montreal. I mean, if we're talking about the stars that tour, Montreal is probably my like equal favorite to to Columbus. But um, uh, Toronto is always really cool. Like we actually did a at the beginning of this most recent cold tour, we did a one-off show. We did our own like headlining show in Toronto, and uh, uh, yeah, we. I, I think we drew like maybe 80 people or something like that, but it was still like super fun to like uh, get to just do like our own, our own show. And it was crazy to only have played there one time before and have that many people like come out and support us. So, um, but yeah. I'm holding this up because did you choose not to say your, your hometown because you didn't want to upset the Wisconsin hometown? No, I mean, I, I so shows in Minneapolis are always awesome. I mean, I, I try not to include it because it's, like, kind of a given. Like, you know, we, we play our hometown. Like, we try not to play here a whole lot, like, now. But, like, I would say prior to 2019, we probably <clears throat> would have done what's called, like, oversaturating this market. So, like, we mm-hmm. would play, we would jump on any and every show that would come through here, you know, or we'd headline our own shows. So um, we try not to play here more than like every, you know, few months at most, just because it's like, ultimately it's going to be better for your draw to each show if you spread them out versus like, if we play here every week, you know, we'd have five people show up to every show because they can just catch the next one, you know? So, um, but yeah. Sorry, I don't know. So, it's okay. So I officially have a follow-up question. Where would you like to future tour? Like if you could tour anywhere in the globe, like divide the following. Like, again, we're connecting to people all across the globe now. We're, like we have international poets that connect with. We're, we're, we're just starting out, but we're building the bridge internationally, Matt. And that's the whole reason why you belong on this show and why we're so grateful to have you because we're connecting people to other people, to other people that we might not have ever gotten to know otherwise. So where would you in the entire globe, would you like to potentially tour? I mean, I think it'd be really cool to play. I mean, any, anywhere on the other side of the globe, honestly, like Europe or Russia, even though things are not good right now with the world. So keep in mind, despite current events, I think that music fans in Russia are very like dedicated and like super loyal. So, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. People deserve to have good music and reach out to music. That's going to inspire them. Yeah. In whatever also, way. Like, Japan, I feel like would just be super cool, like super fun. Um, I don't know. It's cool to like see some of those bands. Like I prevailed is just now like starting to tour in like Japan and stuff mm-hmm. like i don't know it'd be cool to get to that point we we do sometimes get tours that come through the pipeline that are like oh you could go out with x band um you know in europe or whatever and it's like i don't really feel like we're at the point yet where we could really do that and it make a lot of like financial sense so like as cool as it would be i just don't think we're there yet so uh, I would like to maybe conquer the U.S. a bit more <laughs> before we, you know, in, in Canada, you, we can consider ourselves an international band now because we played Canada a few times, but like, you know. Cass would say so. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I, I would say like Canada and the, like, I guess North America would be kind of like, I feel like where we're probably going to be trying to build ourselves up, up quite a bit more for, for uh, the foreseeable future anyway, but. Um, who knows what the, you know, future holds, I guess. But. Yeah. Um, it's just because I'm listening to everything you're saying, and I, I think my question was, 
like when you're first okay like like you built you have the band you got the material now as far as getting yourselves out there can you describe like how that works because i know sometimes that you know there's the local band and they're doing their thing to, to get their music out there like how does that how does that look like for you guys uh yes i mean like as far as like how we distribute music is that what you mean or just just overall like you know from the time that you started this band to right now just overall like how does that usually work out because i know let's say you're, let's say you're considered a local band and you're just performing at bars or whatever it, it, how does that connection work where you eventually meet someone say hey i can get you on tour or whatever the case and like how does that look like for you guys yeah so i think a, a, a big thing that's really beneficial is like social media is like such a cool like and useful right. tool for bands to be able to grow like their fan base i mean it does suck to give it, it sucks to say this but like um you know we've built a, a bit of a following in different areas like when we were doing kind of like our own tours and stuff like our own diy like headlining tours we would do like targeted ads towards you know say we would pick a specific demographic maybe it'd be like fans of these five bands that we want to target ads toward and we'd run like a facebook ad campaign to that area promoting like our show or promoting our music or something um i feel like not enough like smaller bands see the potential as see the potential and what that could do like for your growth as far as like uh sustaining like uh, a fan base i guess you know like because then it's it's the easiest way to have people come to your show knowing that they're there for you like they're actually it's, it's the more the most organic i guess like form of growth i guess like it's cool to do these like really big tours where like you know we have people already coming to the show and then they discover who we are and that's, mm -hmm. that's awesome but like uh I guess it's maybe a bit a bit more beneficial for smaller bands to invest the money into like marketing themselves so that the people that are coming to their shows are coming there specifically for them and then you know it's like a, kind of building a long-term like a relationship with your with that fan base or you know I guess hopefully that makes sense but that, that makes perfect sense. that makes perfect sense um, so, you got it? Yeah. Absolutely. So, Andy and I, we were kind of just starting off, just like you said, you're kind of, you feel like you haven't bro broken yet. I, I feel like in our eyes, you're you're pretty much there. I mean, that's that we are broken. Before. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're bro uh, <laughs> broken. Yeah, this is not, right? not Amy Lee. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, like we we're just talking about things like how we're trying to grow as well, but you guys have this beautiful merch. I know that you guys have, uh, you guys have a sale going on with your merch right now. Is that correct? I think I've we seen do. that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will we, say this. If you guys are following Unraveled Influence and us, we're going to do a giveaway because I have a couple extra shirts from the tour. Right. Um, so if you had a large or extra large, I'll, I'll put something up in either the story. And we're going to be doing an open mic with our pals at Origin of Thought in a minute. Uh, Andy, I'll have you do the kind of the spiel about that in a moment. But um, we'll do a giveaway. So we're going to give away one of your shirts because we like to give away people's work. Because our platform is all about getting people's work to out to other people. Because like you said, Matt, you're a, you guys are an incredible band. I, I'm kind of sick to my stomach that I didn't know that you guys before I hit you guys up with the cold. Because, like... I know you were kind of humble about your own voice, but I do have to admit, um, I've always wanted to be a singer in a band, punk rock, always, yeah. but I'm like a dorky teacher instead. But you, I got to be honest, Ethan's voice is like liquid butter. Oh, my God. He has such an incredible voice. I, I totally feel like why you feel insecure. Your voice liquid is incredible. Liquid butter? It is. I never heard, wait, I've never heard of that term before. Liquid, that's a new one. I got to spell that one. Liquid butter? It's strong, it's masculine, but it's also so soft and harmonious at the same time. And your stage presence alone, I mean, we didn't get a chance to really brag about, like, as the spectator, how incredible you guys are to watch and enjoy. I mean, you were so open to even have this conversation with us, and that just proves that you guys are at this moment. You're accessible, you have made so many incredible connections to people who have been in the industry for a long time. And again, we're, we're simpatico because you've taken life lessons by doing the work, by following your passion,
by working with people that you want to work with that work for you. And I know we can get into like, Ooh, tell me some dirt later, but we're unfortunately we're almost out of time because this is such a oh, yeah. conversation. But yeah, uh, again, it, you guys are, in my eyes, you're there. I mean, I know you got want more and you're still living your day-to-day -day life, but you guys have incredible songs already, harmonious music, and people are discovering you. Yeah. And like I said, we have international fans. You have international fans. It's, it's just, we are the ones building the community. You know, like you said, Russia. I'm not going to go political here, but there are incredible human beings in Russia that deserve to have a wonderful experience going to live music, right. having a great fucking time, because we connect in the pit, you know, whether we're rocking out and doing the whole grunge rock, you know, pit stuff, or we're just standing there vibing. And each performance, and I bet you can attest to this, and I know, sorry, I don't want to talk too long because I, I get off point, but the point is, every show I go to is a different experience and that's why i actually like going to multiple shows for the same tour because the group you're in will give the vibe of the show that's why i think you got so many questions about where's your favorite where's your favorite and that's why you probably like places like the midwest because we're there to really vibe together this is our bonding and we're even we're, even if we're introverts we bond in this way because we all feel emotions we all are human beings with experiences poetry comedy and music we're all the same and that's why i'm so excited to get this chance to talk to you learn from you um just like you had done already so the point is we're wrapping up with our hour with you but uh matt thank you so much for joining us we're gonna probably ask you one more thing before we go but um andy will you let everybody know where the after party is for this because every week we have a oh interview yeah so for those who are not familiar with the poetry community um so just real quick um so what we do here on ravel Infos, we're not just poetry we're pretty much different forms of art which is which whether it's music or poetry yeah or whether it's a uh, spoken word whether it's just painting or whatever because just star also does uh, painting as well whatever art looks like to you that's what we honor we highlight you guys that's what that's what unraveled influence is um so the open mic we used to do an open mic afterwards after the interview so what we did was we teamed up with another platform called origin of thought and now we combine both our open bikes to build this bridge where everybody can come in and just you know have a good time share some thoughts or share some poetry or just whatever they want to share and it's just all about getting together because realistically there's just too much craziness in this life that's like we need to just bond together and share a common bond and hey let's have conversations and what we did tonight is a perfect example of that just having those conversations and you know um, there's stories that need to be told and it's like why can't everybody Everybody tell the stories, you know, and that's why, Matt, um, thank you for saying yes to us. Thank you for coming in with us to have this conversation, to talk about the process, you know, about Divide the Fall and how everything got started for you and all this other stuff. And I just want to say thank you for just saying yes to us. Um, yeah. You know, because I, I look at it like, you know, you could be doing something better than this, you know what I'm saying? But you chose to say yes, and, and to me, that that's an honor and a privilege and a responsibility I take very seriously. Um, that's not something that's just given away like that so easily in that way. So I just want to say thank you so much for saying oh, yes. Yeah, thank you sure. so much for being a part of this journey with us. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you guys having me. Like, it's been a blast. I actually, like, low-key love to talk. So, I mean, it's just Us too. Uh, it's fun to, like, you know, get to, I guess, just shoot the shit and, and talk about stuff. So. <laughs> but. so, again, Matt, thank you for joining us. And, again, we're helping each other get to other people. And uh, my brother just joined. So, uh we interview musicians now, so I'll be hitting you up in the DMs, uh, <laughs> William Fitt. We need to interview you. <laughs> but um, again, if we have an open mic, so if you're a musician, if you want to sing, you want to perform, you want to do poetry, you just want to listen to some people talk some real shit, uh, we're moving over to Origin of Thought. Andy's going to be co-hosting for the first hour and a half, and then I pull the lake shift. And we go to 2 a.m., usually uh, Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to come watch or listen or perform, please join us. And Matt, I look forward to interviewing you and seeing you guys perform very shortly. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully next time I can get the, the rest of the band with me. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, tell them. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, thank yeah. you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us, guys. And see you in Orchard Thought.
right. yep, and thank you guys to check out the giveaway with uh, divide the falls t-shirts again large extra large check out the story at unraveled influence or check out our open mic at origin of thought um, yes. again we try to get your work out to other people so thank you guys matt i'll talk thank to you, you later yeah. and everybody else out there thank you for joining us All right, peace bye.